Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Come on, that was inspired by the Holy Spirit a while ago. Sing it. Oh, 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 your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to ask you a question. Because this week, this past week, I was listening to sermons. You know, you guys come and you hear me or whoever it is that's delivering the word and that's it's not the only way you get fed but it is a feed it is what we declare what the Lord is saying to us corporately but as a pastor I don't if I don't listen to somebody I don't get that same you understand so every week I'm trying to I'm endeavoring to listen to at least five or six sometimes ten different pastors and ministers that that I admire that speak into my life and I was listening to one this past week and he invited his church to go on a journey with him and something inside of me said to the Holy Spirit I said I want to go on a journey I want to take our people on a journey and the Lord said okay I'll take you on a journey and so I want to ask you do you want to go on a journey Because we've got six weeks before Easter. And there's something about the Easter Sunday service. There's something about that particular day that we celebrate. He is risen. Now, we don't have to wait to celebrate He's risen until then. We can celebrate it now. We should celebrate it every day that He's risen. Our God, our King, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the host of... He is not in the grave. He's been risen. He is not in that grave. He is risen and He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And that's where we sit, with Him. You want to take a journey? You want to go? There is something evangelistic, like Cornell said. There is something evangelistic that the Lord is stirring up, that the Lord's trying to do. And I want to ask you to ask somebody to get some. I just got done prophet texting. I don't even know if that's even a word, but I just made it up. I just got done texting somebody, prophesying to them. And I said, I believe the Lord wants you to know that if you'll take the next six weeks and you'll make a decision to follow, to seek after Him, He will meet you where you're at. I want to challenge you. Invite somebody to go on this journey with us. This isn't just for us. There are people that are around you that need what you've got, that want what you've got, and they don't even know how to express it. You ready? Matthew chapter 21. 
Matthew chapter 21. Hallelujah. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded. There is something about leading up. This was the, the seven days before Jesus was crucified. The last week of his ministry, and we're going to study that out. We're going to get into what, it, what he did the last days of his ministry, what he did the last week that he was on his earth, because it's leading up to something on Easter. It's leading up to a release in us. It's leading up to something in your life that you've been looking for, something that you feel like maybe has been missing. It's leading up to that. Unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, we didn't experience, we don't experience what we experienced this morning without someone, his name being Jesus, having to die. And he died so that we might experience this life. That should be contagious. People are searching, they're looking. Listen to me, they're starving. They'll leave the church and then they'll come back. And they'll leave the church and they'll come back. And they'll be all up in your grits. They'll be all with you. They'll be hooked up with you. And then they'll leave and then they'll come back. People always come back because you can't run from the light. You can't run from truth. And it doesn't matter how good it feels. It doesn't matter what it seems like. No matter how much money, you always end up in the same spot. Pig mess. And they always come back. For some of you who've got children that haven't come back, the Lord says this morning to you, they always, if you train up a child in the way he should go, in the end, the end's not here. The end's not over. It's just beginning. It's just beginning. Father, in the name of Jesus, <coughs> We thank you. Lord, I'm asking you, as we walk along this road together, as we follow along your son Jesus, the master, the head of church, and as we see what happened in his life before he died and was risen, as we walk along that, I ask you to give us what we need. Because in, in and of myself, I don't have it. But I know the one who does, and I know the one who lives in me. And Lord, I yield myself right now to the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to operate and move in me as you please and as you wish. I yield my tongue, I yield my mind, I yield my body, I yield my will to be in alignment with what you would have to say this morning in the name of Jesus. I commit to allowing you to operate and to go and to move and do what you want to do. I'm asking you 
to let this be the stepping stone beginning for us to go and to see all that you have for us. I'm asking you to open our eyes, to open the doors, to open the hearts and the minds of all of us, and those that need to hear it, that you would not only bring them in, but that you would use us to bring them in to this place to hear what you've got to say. Not to this place location-wise, but to this place family-wise. That you would bring them in, that we would bring them in to this relational family, this thing that you have created called the church. For the place that we meet is not the church. This is just where the church meets. We are the church. Now take your Bibles. One more time, stand up, and let's just declare this together. Now don't say it. I would say don't say it if you don't mean it, but it don't really matter. Because I'm trying to get you to say it out of your mouth. I believe I'm going to receive everything that I need. I'm going to receive light, revelation, insight. Things that I've been asking questions about. I'm going to get the answers. I'm going to get the answer. Yes. Mm. Ask. And it will be given to you. Now, I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible's got that in red and highlighted. Ask, and it will be given to you. So, Lord, we ask for revelation, for answers, for insight in the name of Jesus. Seek, and you will find. Well, I just ain't found nothing. Listen, there's two ways to find something. Come on now. There's two ways to find something. You can seek it or you can stumble upon it. It don't really matter. You still found something that you weren't necessarily looking for, but you found it. But if you seek him, he said, if you seek me, you will find me. Well, I just don't, I can't find him. Just because you're not looking. He said, if you said, there has never been a time where I have sat down and said, Lord, show me. I want to know. I can't remember one single time where my heart didn't say, I want to see it. And he didn't show it to me. Now, there's been times where I have said, oh, Lord, show me something. And I really, my heart, I wasn't in. I was just trying to check off this list. And I didn't see nothing. But there has never yet to been a time where I didn't sit down and say, Lord, I want to see it. And he didn't begin to show me. Now, he might have said, look, I can't show it to you all at one time because you'll explode. 
But there's never been a time where he hasn't shown me. There has never been a time where I have not sat down. Last night I sat down and I said, Lord, show me, show me, show me. I want to see something. And he said, your provision is in the place that I've called you. Your provision is in the place that God's called you. Seek and you will find. He didn't say if you seek and 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 sweat and give it up and gear it up and pray in tongues and seek and pray in tongues and seek, you will find. No, he said if you seek, you will find. If you ask, it will be given. And if you knock, Lord, just open the door. Lord, open the door. Lord, I'm praying for an open door. And the Lord's going. Sometimes to keep asking, sometimes to keep seeking that we hear, that we talk about, is not on his part, it's on our part. Because there's things that we do. I press in and I'm seeking the Lord for things, not because He's withholding it, but because there's something that I'm not seeing. There's a place that I'm not there yet. There's something that is in me that I can't get to that place, but it's not Him. And I say, Oh Lord, help my unbelief. This whole lackadaisical thing that we do as Christians, we're like, well, you know, if the Lord, case sarah, sarah, if it's the Lord's will, if the Lord desires it, if the Lord wants it, oh, Lord, we praise you. And when we praise you, the earth shakes and the heaven, no, this heaven shake and the earth moves, and that's truth. That is truth. But do you know how it does? Because he said, out of your belly. Out of your belly. Why do we bow our heads when we pray? Because the answer's not up there. It's in here. Flood this place with your atmosphere. How does it get flooded? Because I bring a little bit, she brings a little bit, he brings a little bit, and the more little bits we got, before you know it, this place is flooded with his presence. Why? Because he was hiding somewhere until we all showed up. No, it's because you brought your light and you brought your light and you brought your supply. And when we showed up, it's like it multiplies. If one can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand. Come on now. And we all gather together. We can rock. We can rock. We can shake the very foundations of the kingdom of darkness because it's on shaky ground anyway, it's just on a bunch of lies. We've got the answer. The last week of his ministry, Jesus declared openly his Messiahship. And he said, I'm here. And he rode in on this donkey. He rode in on a jackass. A donkey. Why not a horse? Because a horse was a symbol of war and power. But a donkey represents a load that is heavy that needs to be carried. Donkeys are some of the most uh, reliable animals 
they can carry heavy burdens. And I said, Lord, why in the world would you send Jesus to enter into Jerusalem on a donkey? Why wouldn't he come in on a sports car or something? You know, an Escalade or... Why? And he said, because an Escalade can't carry the weight that needs to be carried. Listen to me. An Escalade can't carry that weight. I got two trucks. One is a diesel, a 2500, and the other one is a GMC. It's a V8. And I got these huge tree root stumps where these loggers came in and got some of our trees and just left them in the ground, left them on the ground, pulled them up, left them on the ground. And she's been after me for weeks, months to get these things out of the way. And I said, I can't pull them with my truck. But I said, if I had my diesel, I wouldn't even have to use the gas. I'd just put it in drive and it would drag that thing. And the Lord said to me, he said, if I'd have brought Jesus, the load that he carried, listen to me, the load that he had to carry for you and me, it couldn't be done on a horse. But when Jesus comes back in Revelation, what's he riding? He's riding a horse because it's already been done. It's already been fixed. And see, you don't have to ride in on a donkey. You get to ride in on the horse. You get to take the benefits of everything that he took because what he had to lay down, what he had to carry into Jerusalem was the weight of the entire world from beginning to the end. And it could not be carried on a horse. He had to carry it on something that would be able to hold the weight. So I'm asking you, let's take this journey together. But let's invite some people to come with us. Because the journey that he's taking us is unprecedented for us in this place. There is no other time in history that I can think of where the church is not poised for its greatest provision yet. God is setting this thing up to where the church will begin to rise up and take the authority and begin to outshine every political, every social, every economical way out there and people will flood to your house because you're the church. We want them to flood here. I want them to flood here, but I want them to flood here through you because your house is the answer that they're looking for. And then you bring them into this house, which is where the church meets because we are the church and they see the life and the light and they desire it. So, you ready? Then we'll get started. I believe I will receive everything you have for me. I'm asking and I'm expecting for it to be given to me. I'm seeking and I'm expecting that I'll find it. And I'm knocking. See, you don't knock on somebody's door unless you've got some boldness to you. The Lord's saying, if you'll just knock, I'll open the door. See, there's a partnership that God's looking for in our lives. 
He said, no longer do I call you servants. I call you friends. See, you knock on the door of your boss man a little bit differently than you do your best friend. Can I, somebody say amen on that one? You knock on the door of your neighbor a little bit different than you would knock on my door, wouldn't you? You may text your neighbor a little differently than you text your best friend. And he's saying, knock, and I'll open the door. I believe I will receive everything you have from me. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks. It's funny because he said everyone. He gets real, real descriptive and says everyone who asks, receives. Then he said, but he who seeks. So now we got a little bit smaller. Everyone's asking. But few are seeking. Then he says, and to him. To him who knocks, it will be open. Lord, we knock this morning on the windows, on the doors of heaven. And we're asking you and seeking and knocking for revelation for this place, for our lives individually. In the name of Jesus, we agree. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be, you may be seated. Matthew chapter 21. Thank you, my minstrel. Matthew chapter 21. Now when they had drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two of his disciples. Jesus sent two of his disciples. Jesus was on a journey. He was going somewhere. He's going because he's got a mission. He's got a mandate. He knows. He said, he said, it's not needful that I stay. He knew, he knew, he knew I've got to go. Jesus was on a journey. He was on a mission. He had a mandate in his life, and he knew that the mandate and the timing was now. And so as he approached Jerusalem, he said, Go into the village opposite you. He sent two disciples. Somebody say two. You know, it is real easy. Man, it's real easy to read this and just skim right over stuff. And just not even notice it. Why two? Why two? Because Jesus is more interested about partnership than he is a sole proprietorship. Your provision. See, this was all about provision. This journey that we're going on, God has been showing, my Father's been showing me that it's about 
provision. You can't. We were talking about provision last week. We talked about giving and tithing and how that God's not interested in your tithe unless you want to give your tithe. Because when you give out of a begrudging heart, you access the 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 law, which is death, and you're not accessing life. But when you give out of a heart that wants to give, you now tap into a whole nother level of economics that you wasn't taught in elementary school or high school or college or life. There's that divine principle that we talked about. This is a story of provision. And the Lord's saying that the provision in your life is tied into this provision. So he's going to Jerusalem and came to a town called Bethes. Now let me tell you what, where Bethes is. Nobody really knows where it's at. <laughs> but this is what he said. He said at the Mount of Olives. Now in another place, it's referred to as the place next to the Mount of Olives near to Bethany. You remember where Bethany is. Bethany is where Lazarus lived and Mary. Bethany is where Jesus would go a lot of times. It was one of his favorite places. He would go a lot of times to get away and to seclude himself. It was a place of peace. It was a place of rest. It was a place of comfort. It was where Lazarus was raised from the dead. He loved Bethany, but that's not where the provision was. Guess where the provision was? It was in the place that God had called him to. It wasn't in Jerusalem where he was going. The provision that he was looking for was not in Jerusalem. Your provision, you ready? Your provision is not where you think it is. Your provision is not in the place that you think it is. I said, Lord, why in the world would you call? Why in the world would you send Jesus? Not even Jesus. Jesus sent two of his disciples. And listen to what he said. He said, go to the place that is opposite you. And in Luke's gospel, Luke 19, it says the place that is against you. Why would you send the disciples to a place that was against them? That was opposite them. Your place, your provision is not in the place that you think it is. We're always looking. I would, if it was me, if it was me, I would have said, okay, we're going to Jerusalem. I mean, we're going there anyway. So everybody knows who we are. Let's just pick up a donkey on the way. But that's not what he said. Your provision is in the place. It's not in the potential. Your provision is not in the potential. You can have everybody in the room has got great potential. Everybody in the graveyard has the greatest potential that was all, but the provision wasn't there. Why? Because that's not where the provision is. The provision is in the place that God has called you. The donkey wasn't in Jerusalem. The donkey wasn't in Bethany, which was his favorite place. The, the provision was in the place that was against him. Come on now, somebody needs to hear that. In John chapter 20, 
Put that up on the screen for me. John, if you got it. John chapter 20, verse 21. John chapter 20, verse 21. Listen to what he said. So Jesus said to them again. No. That's not the right one. That's not it. Maybe it's 21, 21. No. I wrote it down wrong. My computer crashed. I'm trying to get it fixed. So I wrote it down wrong instead of typing it. Let me say this. You remember when Jesus and John sent the disciples out and he sent them out two by two? It's the same word that is used in Matthew chapter 21 where Jesus sent his disciples. The word sent there is apostolic. It means to commission, to set apart for a special service, a mission to fulfill, equip and dispatch one with the full backing and authority of the, descent, of the sender. Your provision is not in the place that he's not sending you. Your provision is in the place that he has apostolically called you to and equipped you to, to go to. That's where your provision is. Why did he send them two by two? Because your provision is not by yourself. It's in partnership. Come on now. Your provision is with somebody else. Turn to your neighbor and say, your provision is with me. Together. Together. You just, you like sitting right there, don't you? Your provision is in partnership. See, when you grab a hold of that, when we grab a hold of that, we won't be so whiny and complaining when they take up an offering anymore. When somebody, a missionary or a minister stands up and says, I want you to be a part of what we're doing, will you give? No longer will you look at it and go, well, man, I don't have enough. Somebody else wants money. No, you'll see it as a strategic partnership. And now I get the opportunity to partner with this man? Listen, this is all what we do here. This is all partnerships for us together. We're family. We're family. Somebody say, my provision is in partnership. But listen to me, if you ain't partnered, the provision ain't going to be there. What would have happened? What happened with the disciples that went out on their own? What happened when you are not connected to the place and the provision that God's called you to? There's no provision. It's not there. And so you end up frustrating yourself. You end up being discouraged. You end up being angry because it's not where he's called you to be. You're giving. You're investing. You're investing in all these stocks and all these bonds and you're investing in real estate, but you never invest in the kingdom of God and you spend all this money and all this effort and all this energy and you get to the end and you, the, the well dries up and the stock market crashes and you go into hyperventilating because you've lost $100,000, $500,000, dollars Never invested in the kingdom. That's because your provision doesn't come from the stock market. We got stocks. We got investments. But my provision doesn't come from those investments. My provision comes from my provider, El Shaddai. 
Your provision is not in the potential or the familiar or the comforting or the place of peace. Your provision is not in your favorite place. Your provision is in one place and one place only. It's in God and it's where he's called you to be. So he sends the disciples out. God is about team. Team, team, team. Listen, I can't do this by myself. Could you imagine what I would look like if I tried to, if I had to open the doors, get all the refreshments, make the coffee, greet everybody, then get up here and praise and worship, then run down there, take up the offering, and at the same time keep the nursery, keep the children, and keep the youth, and preach. Number one, I couldn't. That's impossible. Well, all things are possible with God. Not that. Because <laughs> that means I would have to be omnipotent and omnipresent, and I ain't. And neither are you. <laughs> but together, we can do this thing together. God is about partnership. He's about team. And we still come to church as if it's a buffet. You know, the problem that I see with the church, or I should say, let me say it this way. The problem I see with religious church is it's all about you instead of all about him and all about them. I was talking to somebody not too long ago. Now, by not too long ago, it could mean yesterday or it could mean six years ago. And they said, you know, we've been, we've been floating around at different churches. We, we think we're going to try y'all out. I said, really? You're going to try us out? I mean, I was this close. I mean, this close to saying, well, we might just have to try you out. <laughs> try us out, as if this is a country club or a gym. We're going to try y'all's gym out. We're not going to join yet. We're not going to sign no contract. We'll just pay as we go. I don't want somebody paying as they go. I want somebody to go, I believe in what we're doing, what God's called us to do. I'm in. Because when the heat gets, turn around and look at somebody to your left. Now look at somebody to your right. <clears throat> These are the people that stay with you when the heat gets turned up. When all hell breaks loose. Look at them. Still here. But listen to me. This isn't where God wants us to stay. He's thinned it out enough. Now we're on a journey to the promised land. See, I look over there at the promised land, I go, we, we, y'all ready to go? And everybody's like, yeah, but we don't know how. Don't worry about I didn't ask you how. You see that fruit? Okay, we'll look this way since everybody's sitting there. You see them big grapes over there? We went and got these grapes from uh, Publix the other day. Oh, no, Walmart, the little Walmart marketplace. And I mean, these grapes were huge. They're <laughs> like, almost like apples. No, not apples. They're like plums. Like apricots. I mean, these things were huge. They're like big, fat. 
And the girls go, ooh, mama, when'd you get them grapes? And she goes, these are promised land grapes. <laughs> We're going. You've tasted it. You've seen it. Aren't you tired of wandering around in the desert? All the desert wandering around generation people, they're gone. Dead. People say, where are you going? I know I ain't staying here. I'm going over there. I'm going. Now, you could come along if you want to. Well, you just said, what do they call a man? A leader with no followers, just a guy taking a walk. Now, I might be just a guy taking a walk, but I'm walking. I'm going. I ain't alone. And I got April and Langston and I know. Y'all coming? Anybody else want to come? We're going. We're going. Do you hear me? We're going to the promised land. Well, how are we going to get there? Listen, we'll cross that bridge when we get Well, You know, we got rivers and we got uh, wild animals and we got giants. Listen, don't get yourself all flustered over something that ain't even here yet. We get there and the Lord may do something that what he's done in times past. One of the most, one of the funniest stories in the Bible to me is when the Lord would send the praise and worship team to fight the battle. I was like, Lord, I mean, this is a battle. This is strategic. And the Lord said, all right, here's what I want you to do. You ready? Yeah. I want you to send the praise and worship team out there. The praise and worship team. And what happened? They defeat. Nobody even had to break a sweat. Listen, he's taken us to the place that he's called us. And it's, the pro- it's not here. You got to get tired of being here. You got to get fed up with being here. And Jesus said, go to the place that is opposed to you. That's where your provision is. Well, we just want it easy. I'll be the first one. We want the path of least resistance. But the problem with the path of least resistance is it doesn't build in you the man of character and faith that is needed to defeat the giants. It just creates a bunch of silly children. I was listening, we was listening to Jensen Franklin this morning. Boy, he was... He said, he said, be a man. Don't be a drama queen. When you're the path of least resistance, it creates in you the drama queen mentality. When you've never had to fight for nothing, you've never had to stand up for something, you've never had to believe God against all odds, it creates in you this apathetic, lazy, childlike mentality. Paul said to the Corinthians, to Hebrews, he said, by now, you have need, you should be teaching others. You should be eating meat, but you still need milk. Your provision is in the place, and that place is not always comfortable. God will send you. God will get Jesus, will show up to your door and go, are you ready? And you're like, I'm ready, boy, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I was like, Lord, I'm ready for ministry. He was like, good, I want you to wait. But Lord, I just graduated from Ramah. I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. He said, I know. I want you to go back home and I want you to serve your pastor. Huh? 
So I did. I came home and served. And then the church just withered up. Because it was time, because the provision was not in that place no more. The provision was in a different place. And guess who they asked to preach the last message of the last service of that church? Me. Go to the place that is opposite you. I don't want to go to the place. And so you imagine how you're going to preach that message. What you're going to say. Well, it's been a good ride. You're talking about asking and seeking and knocking. And the Lord gave me a word. He said, your labor of love will not go unnoticed. Boy, I wish I could take credit for that, but I didn't. That was the Lord. Your, your provision is not in the place that you think it is. Your provision is not always in the place of comfort. Nine times out of ten, your provision is in the place you don't necessarily want to go. I don't want to go to the beach. I don't ever want to start a church at the beach. That's where I'd love to go. And when I was talking to Cornell a few years ago, I said, listen, I'm just telling you, don't you come here unless you've got a word. Didn't I? I said, don't come here unless you've got a word. And I can't tell you how many conversations he's had. They've been so encouraging to me. He said, when you first called me, I was like, nope. <laughs> he said, but I'm talking about you, yeah. Cornell's walking around talking about who. <clears throat> Your provision is in the place that God's called you. God called him here. So his provision was, guess what? Here. The donkey was here. The animal that was built to carry the load that God's called you to is not in the place that you think it is. I'd venture to say that it's, I won't say never, but it's very unlikely that it's in the package and the way that you think. But it's better. It's in partnership. Somebody say partnership. <clears throat> and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets. Some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge and of the Son of God. To a perfect man. Till we all come to the unity. It's not until you and I get in unity that we become the perfect man. To the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. The reason why people are carried about by every wind of doctrine is because there's no unity in the church. Because they still see themselves as consumers rather than participators. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things which is him who is the head of Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together. Somebody say partnership. By what every joint supplies. We can't do this without your supply, Miss Peggy. 
I mean, we can do it. God's purposes are going to be fulfilled, but His plan and His purpose is for you to bring your provision to this place. Your provision is in people. It's in partnership. Well, I'm going to do this by myself. Mm-hmm, no, you're not. It's going to be fun watching you try. But it's not. Your provision comes with partnership. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, guess what that causes? Church Growth 101. You ready? How are we going to grow the church? We're going to have an all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet every Sunday. We're going to feed people. That works. But only for a little while because once you bring them in the door, you've got to have something that will keep them. And eggs and bacon is only going to keep somebody for so long. Fried chicken is only going to keep somebody for so long. What is it? Every joint does its part. What does that cause? Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Your provision is in partnership. Turn to somebody who you don't normally turn to and say, my provision is in you. The the Bethage, where he sent them, is called the house of unripe figs. You know, Jesus cursed something that wasn't bearing fruit. Do you remember that? Sometimes your provision comes from a place that's not ripe yet. Sometimes your provision comes from something that doesn't look like it's ready. Sometimes your provision comes from the very thing that you've seen not produce fruit. Because it's not in what you see. It's not in what you think. It's not in. The kingdom of God is not what you and I think. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. People look at us and they go, you're crazy. You're not working. You're not doing. You're not, you're not actively seeking to build your business and to build this and to build that. That's because Jesus said, seek ye first. What am I supposed to be seeking? Righteousness, peace. I wish I had time to teach on that today. Righteousness, peace, and join the Holy Spirit. You know what I woke up this morning? I woke up this morning and I, was, I didn't sleep good last night anyway. We had a birthday party, and we went bowling. And I was bowling. And I hadn't bowled in a while. So, you know, you, my back is sore, my shoulders sore, trying to sling them balls. And we had a good time, but I, was, I didn't sleep well. So I got up this morning, and all the weight, and the enemy was on me like white on rice, trying to get, and that, what I heard this past week that ministered to me. And you know what I said? I said, you know what? That's right. I got a lot on me. But guess what? I've been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And I've got peace like a river. 
and I got joy in the Holy Spirit. If we take our eyes off of us and put them on what he said to put them on, then we'd go a whole lot further and a whole lot faster and get a whole lot more done. Your provision is in the purpose. It was a donkey. You know, there's only two animals in the Bible that, were, that actually spoke. One was the serpent which the enemy controlled, which the enemy used, which the enemy infiltrated. And the enemy used the serpent to deceive Eve and Adam. But the other one was a donkey. Balaam. Balaam, I wish Joel Jenkins was here because this is his verse. Balaam was a mercenary prophet. He was a prophet of God hired by the kings at those times to deliver a destructive curse on the children of Israel. Well, now a prophet ought to know, even in the Old Testament, you can't pronounce a curse over somebody unless God tells you, not that you're paid to do it. You can't curse what God has blessed. Witch doctors and everything else, the people, them voodoo dolls where they poke stuff, you poke all you want. You can't curse devil. Not you, devil. Devil, I looked at you when I said that. I was like, oh. Devil, you can't curse what God has blessed. 2 Corinthians says, You know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, became poor, so that we should not be made poor anymore. You can't curse what God has blessed so that we, through his poverty, might be made rich. Well, you know, Pastor, that's not talking about rich and money. Yes, it is because every bit of the verses before it and every bit of the verses after it is talking about finances. Don't let the devil tell you he's got you cursed. You cursed. You're just going to be broke, broke, broke. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You can't curse what God has blessed. So anyway, back to the donkey. So Balaam is going to deliver the word, and the donkey, God moves on the donkey, and he moves out of the way, and Balaam begins to strike the donkey in anger. When you're angry and you're frustrated, you need to look at the provision. where You, you need to look at the place where you're at. You need to look at the partnership. You need to look at the place. And you need to look at the purpose. Because Balaam was going to the right place. And he was in the right partnership, but he had the wrong purpose. You find yourself angry, you better check up on some things. And so he got so angry, he started beating the donkey, and the donkey started talking to him. And he didn't even skip a beat. He started talking back to the donkey. That's when you know you're out of place. When the donkey starts talking to you and you start talking back, you know you're in, you in too deep with the anger. <laughs> let, me, let me put it to you down. Let me bring it down to you on a level you'll understand. If you're arguing with your four-year-old, something's wrong. Because your four-year-old don't know. 
My five-year-old, five years old. They get too big too quick. I will sit there sometimes and I'll catch myself and I'll go, Hannah, I am not going to argue with you. And guess what? I'll spend the next 30 seconds arguing with me until I wake up and go, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm the daddy. Shh. <clears throat> sometimes, you ready? And I'm going to close this out. You ready for this? Sometimes your provision comes through correction. Sometimes your provision comes through correction. You don't get corrected because God's angry at you. You don't get corrected because somebody's trying to be mean to you. You get corrected and I get corrected because God is trying to get us to the journey, to the end of the road, to the place that He's called us. And sometimes you can't get there unless you're being corrected. That's why partnership is so good. See, if you're in partnership with somebody, somebody can adjust you. See, there's really three levels. That's what I see. There's adjustment, there's correction, and then there's rebuke. If you just go to rebuking somebody, that's just that's not God. That's not what He does. God comes alongside you and says, Look, why don't you try it this way? And we get defensive. I don't. I don't get defensive. But y'all get defensive. <laughs> Somebody tells me something, I have to fight the urge to get. Why? Because we have this perception that correction or adjustment is a rebuke, and it's not. So we installed the floors in my house, right? We use this little block thing that's got an edge on it. You put it on the edge of the, of the, uh, laminate, the, the floor, the tongue and groove laminate floor. You put this block on the edge, you take your hammer and you tap it. So you can imagine, you got to hold the floor. You got to put your thing, you got to hammer it, and you got to put your foot down, and you got to do all that. And so my mom and dad are having some stuff done to their house. And my dad called me. He said, You know what they're using to put this tongue and groove laminate flooring in? I said, What? He said, A rubber mallet. And I didn't even, I didn't even flinch. I said, Well, that ain't going to work. That's stupid. You're going to hit the edge of the wood with a rubber mallet. You're just going to, you're going to bend up and knot up that little tongue and groove. He said, no, 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 son. They're not hitting it on the edge. They're hitting it on the top. And a light bulb went off in my head. Sometimes your provision is in correction. I thought, well, I'll tell you what. Next time we lay down some flooring, we'll use that idea. I don't have any plans to do that anytime soon, I promise you. But they took that rubber mallet and they'd hit that thing and that rubber mallet, the force, would grab a hold of that floor and shift it without ever. Sometimes the answer for what you're looking for is in an adjustment. It's incorrect. It may be in this message. It may be in something your husband says. It may come from a donkey. <laughs> I wish I could say what I wanted to say. Sometimes your correction comes from a jack. 
Listen to me. Your provision is in the place that God's called. Stand with me. I'm going to close. Your provision is in the place that God's called you. And remember that that place is not always familiar. It's not always comfortable. It's not always in the place. Sometimes the very thing that is against you the most is the place that he's called you. Let me give you a hint. The thing that frustrates you the most, the thing that when you walk into this church you see and it aggravates you, the thing that you see that goes on, man, y'all just, I'm telling y'all what, y'all's coffee is terrible. The lights are too bright, or the lights are too low, or the music's too loud, or whatever. The thing that annoys you, that aggravates you the most, are you ready? It's probably the thing you're called to solve. I have to be careful because I'll go into a place and start. And I have to be careful because that criticizing spirit, the Lord says, well, why don't you just shut up? And man up and help them. Well, there's an idea. Partnership. Your provision is in partnership. That's the second thing. Don't lose sight of the fact that we're in this together. We're supposed to do this together. Not by ourselves. We cannot, we couldn't do What we do without the guys behind the scenes that you don't ever see. You don't see Mr. Don, and you don't see Kevin Muse, and you don't see Casey, and you don't see Langston. You don't see Will and and the praise and worship team getting here. at What time did y'all get here this morning? 8.45. You don't see these guys getting here at 8 o'clock opening up everything, turning on the air so you and I, our little hineys will be comfortable. We don't see that. But it's partnership. And thirdly, your provision is in your purpose. You can have, the, you can be in the right place. You can be strategically partnered with people. And yet your purpose is skewed. You're trying to, you're trying to be a mercenary rather than a prophet. You're trying to be someone who causes division rather than someone who brings unity. You're trying to hurt rather than heal. You're trying to correct and judge rather than train and equip. Your provision is in your purpose. Jesus had a purpose. He knew what he was doing. And he said, you go to that place that opposes you and you will find a donkey there. And when you find it, bring it. And if anyone, if anyone asks you what you're doing, you tell them, the Lord has need of it. What is God calling you to do? What is it that is in you that he's calling you to do? Go get this and you won't go get it for nothing because you're scared, because you're fearful, because you, whatever it is that you, what is it? See, they obeyed him. And when they asked him, so what you doing with that donkey? They said, oh, the Lord has need of it. And it says they let him go. Let me leave you with this last thing and then we'll pray. 2 Corinthians 
No. Ephesians 2.10 says this. I'm going to leave you with this last statement. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Your provision was there before your problem ever showed up. Your provision was there before you were ever born. Your provision for the work that God has called you to do, the provision for this place that He's called us to do is was there long before the foundation of the earth. He prepared it. Your provision is in His preparation. It's in His preparation. Father, we thank You. Thank You, Lord. Come on, just lift your hands and just thank the Lord. Thank You, Lord, for Your provision. Thank You, Lord, that because of Your preparation, our provision is sure. Your provision is sure. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, sing it. your provision come on you got to thank him for his provision that donkey was there long before the disciples ever showed up it was there your provision is there thank you Lord oh but it's tough it's hard I feel like everything is against me that's where your provision is because when you are weak strong 
I don't feel like it. I feel like I'm weak. Come on, just worship. Thank you, Lord. Like Paul said, I glory in my weakness. Lord, you know that I can't do this. You know that I can't bite this thing off. But I thank you that when I'm weak, you're strong. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. provision is in his preparation your provision was there before your problem ever showed up our provision is in the place that he's called us our provision is in the partnerships that he strategically placed in our life and y'all our provision is in our purpose when we're fulfilling and doing what God's called us to do you know what that problem is I've been telling you that this is going to make a problem for you 
And he says, if you will just turn from the problem now. He says, I am here. If you will just knock and say, I am here. Help me with my problem that we will get this problem fixed. I heard the Lord say, he looks out his window and he sees all these people lined up at his house just standing there looking at the door looking out the window and he says how creepy is that how would you feel if you looked out your window and you saw 25 people just standing there looking nobody was knocking and saying hey we're here you want to visit or anything they're just standing there just looking at your house looking at your door looking when he says that's pretty creepy it's weird he says don't be weird just knock you know what to do you just don't want to do it so I just want to encourage you I just want to encourage you and I just say just the father just says just be encouraged in knowing that you are not alone this partnership and maybe you got the wrong partner and I don't mean in marriage maybe you're with the wrong friend maybe you're putting all that that you think that you're supposed to be giving to your spouse into a friend stop Stop giving all that you have to the one that you're not called to give that to. Yes. Yes. It causes problems. That doesn't mean you need a new provision. It means you are causing a problem in where you were provided for already. So, Lord, we just come to you. We just yes. thank you, Lord. Yes. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for this day, this day of freedom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for the word. Father God, for your living word, the encounter that we experience through you today, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we say, enemy, you're a liar. Liar. You are such a liar. You have no place in our mind. You have no place yes. in our thoughts. We are seekers of the kingdom. We are seekers of the kingdom yes. of God in the name of Jesus. My little baby, when she prays, she says, Jesus. She says, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Everything that she says, she just turned five this week. Everything she says is, Lord, in the name of Jesus. She just wants to make sure she's doubly covered. That's what I tell her, baby. You're doubly covered in that. You just say, Lord, in the name of Jesus. So I just say, we just say to you, Father God, Lord, yes. in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We just thank you for this unity. We just thank you for this love that you have given us today, Lord. Yes. And we just glorify you in Jesus' name. Yes. Before we leave, partnership. There's something about strategic partnership. Well, March 10th, 17th, 24th, 31st, April the 7th, and April the 14th on Friday nights, I guess for the next six weeks. Hey, we're going to take a journey for six weeks. For the next six weeks on Friday nights, Langston and Inez and two others, David and Dina Stainback, who used to be a part of us and they're doing a prophetic awakening call at the Tifton Conference Center. So now listen, this is us getting out of the church. This is us partnering. This gives us something. I don't have nothing to do on Friday night. There you go. Let's believe God with them. 
as they launch out into this ministry that God has ordained them to launch out in. And y'all, you've been hesitant for a while, but not anymore. She's like, if y'all waiting on me, you're going backwards. So listen, go ahead. There it is. Look at there. It's already up. Why don't you come and dismiss us in prayer? I know you got it. See, I didn't even know that. I had no idea. Let's take a journey. Father God, you're such an awesome God. And we just thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we just thank you. Everything that you placed in us, Lord, it's there. We, we have it. We just got to go out and do it. We just thank you for sending us to be the light in the world, Father. Thank you for that provision that you've already made for us, Lord. Even when we don't see it, we don't understand it, we want to run away from it. But it's still there, Lord, because you're there. Thank you for always being there to reach out your hand, Father, and say, come. I just pray for your people, Lord, that their hearts be open to your word. Because you speak to us every single day, Lord. Let them seek you, Father, because they will find. Not that you're lost. They will find what they need. Thank you for taking us on this journey. We thank you for blessing our week, blessing every person that we speak to, Lord. Lord, let us know that we have to speak kindness to everyone because you created everyone. And we just thank you. Blessings for this house, Lord. Bless Pastor in April the many blessings that you call on us, Lord, we're going to receive them because we're going to follow your word. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.